Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, that was a total bust last night, George. There's no lipstick on that. You know, we always give you the straight talk here. There's no time for BS. Let me explain to you what happened, how we can fix it. Why, again, it's no excuse to give up on anything. It's not a catastrophic situation. However, it's not great. We shouldn't have lost that race for the Senate in Georgia. Got that. Got the more explosive revelations out of the uh, Twitter, FBI, James Baker, Elon Musk, Matt Taibbi thing. Um, there's a question, however, not a lot of people are asking, which we're going to ask on this show. A lot to talk about. Uh, today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. I talk about them all the time, getting a VPN. Why haven't you got one yet? Get a VPN. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. A truly loaded show today. I also want to address this ridiculous ruling against Donald Trump yesterday up in New York against the Trump Organization and what it really means about the future of the country going forward. Today's show also brought to you by Relief Band. Uh, I was a user of Relief Band. Relief Band got me through chemotherapy treatments and the nausea. It was pretty terrible. You got to check out Relief Band and the new sport version. Relief Band is the number one FDA-cleared anti-nausea wristband that's been clinically proven to quickly relieve and effectively prevent nausea and vomiting associated with motion sickness, anxiety, migraines, hangovers, morning sickness, chemotherapy, and so much more. can personally vouch for it. It works, and it works fast. The Relief Band Sport makes sure you never have to uh, take your Relief Band off. It's the first ever waterproof wearable of its kind. Plus, it's rechargeable and will last about 30 hours on a full charge. Really helpful on the boats if you get uh, motion sickness. Have an Apple or Samsung watch? The Relief Band Sport can seamlessly attach to either product, so you don't need to choose between wearing your Relief Band or wearing your smartwatch. It's really helpful to have, especially out on the water for me. If you want the band that actually works at relieving your nausea, check out Relief Band and their new sport version. We've got an exclusive offer just for Dan Bongino Show listeners. If you go to reliefband.com and use promo code Bongino, you'll receive 20% off plus free shipping and a no questions asked 30-day money-back guarantee. Can't beat that. Head to Relief Band, R-E-L-I-E-F-B-A-N-D, reliefband.com. Use our promo code Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O, for 20% off plus free shipping. It works. Check it out. Thanks, Relief Band. All right, Joe. Let's go. Here we go, Dan. Here we go. So, yes, sir. Just some important announcements first. Um, thank you for everyone who purchased a shirt. I'm sorry the website went up a little late yesterday. The links for these Folds of Honor, Dan Bongino Show, Freedom Isn't Free on the back shirts. Um, the shipping on some may be just slightly delayed. We had a massive response at our website, Bongino.com, on these shirts. A little more massive than we anticipated. As I said, all proceeds go to charity, Folds of Honor. So. Thank you very much. And Pearl Harbor, 81 years ago today, uh, to the American heroes who perished that day in awful conditions, many burned alive by oil and in explosions and uh, just uh, real genuine American heroes. One of the most tragic moments in American history galvanized the nation to go take the world back from fascism and tyranny. Um, so the memories of them, may God rest your souls. Pearl Harbor Day today, December 7th. All right, folks. So last night... The Senate election cycle is now over. The runoff in Georgia was last night. Um, it was a total bust on the Senate side. The House side, not too bad. Not that great, but not too bad. We, it looks like we're going to have a four-seat majority on the House side. Gives us a little bit of wiggle room. Too much wiggle room sometimes a bad thing on the House side because then you get a bunch of squishes who can, uh, who can flip the House towards a more kind of uh, squishy, swampy type direction. So I'm not too upset on the House side what happened. Uh, the Senate side is just a bust. There's no other way around it. 
We should have had a 52-seat majority. Instead, we're looking at 51-49. We should have won that seat. Raphael Warnock is a terrible candidate. Gifted speaker, terrible candidate. Ton of baggage. Um, I'm not going to pile on Herschel Walker. Uh, he was the people's choice in the primary. I think Herschel's a nice guy. Um, I think maybe running for Senate the first time out may have been a, you know biting off a little more than he could chew at that point because that's what I did, and we got wrecked. Um, but I don't say that to knock Herschel. Uh, Herschel has every right to run. Um, I don't think he was the, uh, the, the, the horrible candidate these swampies are trying to make him out to be. Uh, I thought he did a great job in the debate. But there's some lessons. And uh, first lesson is, again, my point is proven yet again that things just aren't bad enough yet. Things just aren't bad enough yet for Democrats to wake up and realize that the awful conditions they're living in right now are due to the people they're voting for, like Raphael Warnock and Joe Biden. I can prove it to you. It's the same. And, and on the Republican side, it's the same people making the same mistakes, no message, uh, no coherent message. You know, we win as Republicans when the message is simple. Uh, when the message, or a Ronald Reagan type message, you know, the worst words in the English language, I'm here from, I'm from the government, I'm here to help. This anti-big government message, this, this pro-individual liberty message, this build the wall message. When it's simple, we win. When the message is confused or non-existent, which it really was this election cycle, we lose. Here's Laura Ingram commenting on this last night. Check it out. We don't change anything. We have the same people in place in leadership, same people in place apparently at the RNC. That's not perhaps that's not changing. We just keep doing the same thing over and over again. I I'm pissed tonight, frankly. Go ahead. Yeah, it's really offensive. I'm mad for Republican voters, for Republican donors. Yeah, that was Molly Hemingway, too, and Laura Ingram. But they're right. I mean, listen, a lot of money were poured into these races and there's just no seemingly coherent message. The message has to be simple. You know, kiss, keep it simple, stupid, right? Occam's razor, keep the message simple. We're having a really tough time doing that. The Senate candidates this cycle just didn't get it done. Listen, I lost elections. I know what it's like. It sucks. I'm not criticizing them. I always give a hat tip to people who put their name on a ballot, but we lost. I lost. I ran for the U.S. Senate. It stinks, but we lost. But imagine voting for more of this. You have a massive international crisis brewing at our border. International, because there's people coming from all over the world now, invading the United States at the southern border. To the tune of millions of people a year, we have no idea who they are. Some of them, some of them bringing in fentanyl, engaged in child sex trafficking. Some of them have been on terror watch lists. No idea. You would think this would have been a route in the Senate side, especially in places like Arizona border states. But nope, we lost. And here's President Biden yesterday. Imagine the balls on this guy. He takes a trip, Joe, to Arizona and matches to ma manages to magically skip the border. And then when asked about it, he's like, oh, there's more important things. What, like the national security of the United States? Yeah. Hey, don't listen to me. Listen to him. Why, why go to a border state and not visit the border? Because there's more important things going on. They're going to invest billions of dollars in a new enterprise. Imagine voting for more of this. I'm telling you, things aren't bad enough yet. I can't tell you this story enough times. I lived through it in New York. Giuliani runs. He loses. New York City's a mess. Finally, 2,000 homicides a year. Giuliani runs again and wins. That's why I don't give up on this stuff. I've seen it. Everybody was devastated when Giuliani lost the first time. Oh, my gosh. How bad does it have to get? The answer? Worse. That's the answer. I wish it wouldn't, but it's going to get worse. And when it gets worse, people will wake up and they'll change it. It's, it, it don't, don't overthink it.
We have to do our job and run better candidates, get a better message, and I'll, I'll address some other things in a second. But for Democrats to wake up and realize that their problems are being caused by people they voted for, apparently it has to get worse, worse enough that it wakes them up. Look at this Heritage Foundation. We're in a massive inflation crisis right now. Seven, eight percent inflation pumping out every single month annualized, right? Every month. And yet swampy GOP people, swamp rats and Democrats want to spend and want to pass an omnibus before the House uh, Republicans take over in January, meaning a, a, a year long spending bill, right? Omnibus appropriations bill that spends more money we don't have. Heritage Foundation, you can read this in the newsletter today. No precedent in modern history for the outgoing House to pass an omnibus bill in a lame duck session. <laughs> they want to do it anyway. Despite the fact, as the New York Post points out, we're $66 trillion in debt that could crash the economy. I don't know what to tell you, man. When things get bad enough, people wake up. Well, how do you know they get bad enough, Dan? I'll tell you. Here's the point. Here's the red line. When people start to wake up and realize they've been voting for their own destruction, when it kicks them in the nads. I don't wish ill on anyone, folks. Please, I, I sincerely, from the bottom of my sometimes broken heart, mean that. But when your kid gets mugged, your house gets broken into, your job is lost, and you can't afford to buy food because of inflation, then you'll start saying to yourself, maybe these swamp rats and the Democrat and Republican side, maybe I'm done with them. Maybe it's time to vote for a different future. Now, just quickly, some things we need to fix. The ground game in Georgia, we got to work on that. The ground game nationwide, knocking on doors matters. Matters a lot. I saw it in my campaign. I lost one in a deeply Democrat district. I lost by a sliver, though. We knocked on 55,000 doors, folks. It matters. You knock on a door, someone may not vote for you, but they're, they're more likely to not vote against you. They may just skip your race or vote third party. Second, we've got to do better with the black vote. I think I'm going to address this on my show, Unfiltered Fox, on Saturday night. We've got to do better with the black vote. And we got to do better with fundraising. We were just destroyed. Fundraising, Herschel Walker, was uh, the spending was more than double. Warnock outspent them. You can't buy ads. You can't win a race. It's really that simple. All right. No reason to, you know, get down and, and, and oh, I'm done. It's a catastrophe and it's an apocalypse. Listen, the election cycle sucked. Okay, let's just get to the bottom line, especially on the Senate side. House side wasn't too bad. Time to move on and focus on the next one. The Senate cycle looks a little better next time for us. We've got a lot of good seats up. Uh, Joe Manchin, John Tester, there's no way they should stay in office. Before I get to the Twitter stuff, which I promise we're going to cover, I want to get to the continued legal assault on Trump. Folks, it's additional proof that the Republic is on life support right now. It's fixable, and I think the judicial system is getting bad enough in the DOJ that even a lot of independents are starting to recognize right now that we are rapidly de disintegrating into a, a tyrannical, totalitarian, authoritarian regime. How do I know that? Even Ro Khanna, who is a radical leftist, who, by the way, I, I'm not patting this guy on the back for anything, had a big role in the parlor takedown thing, did nothing to defend parlor when they deplatformed parlor, right? Even he, a radical leftist, is on these email chains at Twitter, a Democrat congressman, saying, hey, listen, I'm not sure you guys should take this New York Post story down. It sounds like a First Amendment issue. I think things are starting to change a little bit. But again, they haven't gotten bad enough yet. And we are really on life support. This totalitarian future is what the left wants. Now, the hallmark of totalitarianism is very simple. It is this. When the government starts investigating people in search of a crime, rather than a crime in search of the people, you know you are living 
unquestionably in an authoritarian regime. Now, how crazy would it be, Joe, if someone, a Democrat congressman on the January 6th committee, was actually dumb enough to admit this in public? Well, it happened. Oh, Uh, We never, ever waste your time here. Do you guys see this in the show prep? Look at this. This is a Wall Street Journal article by James Freeman. So they had to make a major clarification yesterday from the January 6th committee. This is a piece comes out in the Wall Street Journal yesterday by Freeman. Benny Thompson, a Democrat on the committee, the chairman of the committee. He, well, you know, he was an election denier. Do you know that? But his Tuesday comments appear to represent yet another affront to constitutional governance. Keep in mind what a tyrannies do. They investigate people and they go look for crimes. The hallmark of tyranny. Listen to this coverage from the New York Times about what Benny Thompson said. The House committee investigating the January 6th attack on the Capitol will issue criminal referrals to the Justice Department based on its inquiry. Oh, that's interesting. The panel's chairman, Benny Thompson, said on Tuesday. But Benny Thompson's made no decision on who it will recommend charging or what offenses it'll cite. Oh, that's good to know. No decision on who they will charge or what offenses, but they know they're going to charge someone. So, yeah. So you got a crime in your head, Joe. You don't know who did this crime, right? Right. You got a crime in your and you're just going to randomly go and grab a lot of people and try to attach them to a crime. Yet you have no evidence whatsoever that those people actually did anything. None. Right. They're just going to issue a bunch of subpoenas and a bunch of referrals for prosecution to the DOJ. I told you. They're investigating people in search of a crime. Oh, we're just going to issue subpoenas to these people. We'll find the crime later. We'll attach them to the crime later. Now, Betty Thompson and the committee are trying now to dial that back. But folks, I'm telling you, the Constitutional Republic is on life support. Yesterday's prosecution of Trump up in New York, which happened in the uh, New York City at the state and city level, is just another absolutely clear example of political targeting. So Donald Trump's organization last night was found guilty in court on 17 counts of giving away free parking and paying for people's college tuition. Put him in jail. Put him in jail. Hang him by the toes. That is really bad. My gosh, New York City's surging crime rate. Thank God they got him. The walls are closing in now. Here's some coverage by the Wall Street Journal. Finds out they engaged in off-the-books compensation to pay executives in car leases, apartments, and cash. These horrible people. Oh, my gosh. This involved a lot of free parking, giving cars paid for some people's college and stuff. Yeah, really terrible. It was the fine. Keep in mind, folks, this is a multi-billion dollar organization. They fined them $1.6 million. I think Donald Trump left that as a tip in a restaurant about three weeks ago. That's what you got? So now we've had, what, three, four, five years of investigating Donald Trump at the federal, state, city, local level, in the local library for not turning his library card in, and this is what you got? You got $1.6 million in fines and free parking violations? That's, that's the best you can do? Folks, the Republic's on life support. Politico basically admits in Playbook this morning, which is the left-wing Bible for everything going on in Washington, D.C., they basically admit that this is all about politically tarring the president. How do I know that? Because they said it. The step back, talking about the verdict. 
forever tarring the former president, the company that bears his name. And it could have political and legal repercussions for Trump's uh, for for Donald Trump. According, they're, they're citing the New York Times. Playbooks putting this out for all to see. This is obviously, ladies and gentlemen, political attack on Trump. It is so obvious at this point. Let me tell you just a quick story. I don't want to waste your time, but. I uh, announced on the radio a little while ago, due to my constant travel to New York for the Fox show, um, that it was getting very difficult to travel back and forth. I was leaving stuff behind, forgetting little things, belts, shoes, you name it. It's annoying when you got to get a, keep going, buying stuff all the time and it gets expensive. Um, you forget stuff. So I was looking at a condo up in New York. It's a nice investment for us. I was looking at doing it. Ladies and gentlemen, we bailed on that. We bailed on that precisely because of things like this. I can't do it. I would strongly, strongly recommend any conservative. I'm sorry to say this. It's my hometown. I was born there. I still love the place. I'm back there often. That you evacuate that city and that state as soon as you can. Don't do business there. Don't incorporate there. These people, what they did to Donald Trump, they will do to you. You have a political target on your back. They will investigate you in search of a crime, not a crime in search of you. It's obvious at this point. Folks, none of this, of course, is going to be limited to Donald Trump. There is going to be more efforts by the FBI and the DOJ to come after you. This isn't going to be limited to just political heavyweights. It is now clear the FBI has been entirely corrupted. The FBI needs to either be disbanded or there needs to be mass firings for people who have political allegiances rather than allegiances to the Constitution. It's stunning, by the way, how honest the FBI is about their efforts uh, to spend additional resources to fight and combat you. Nah, that didn't happen. Really? Here's a Newsweek article about just that. Came out two days ago. FBI ramps up spending to fight MAGA terrorism. Ladies and gentlemen, they're not hiding it anymore. They're admitting you are the terrorists. Remember what I told you. You know you are in a tyrannical authoritarian regime when they're investigating you in search of a crime, not a crime in search of you. This piece is in the newsletter today, bongino.com slash newsletter. Please sign up again. It's free. Read this piece. It's long. But it's amazing how much people are willing to say off the record, I mean, not off the record, excuse me, anonymously to Newsweek about the FBI's efforts to target you. Notice what they say here first. That January 6th basically changed everything. The effects can't be overstated. That Merrick Garland directed the administration to undertake an assessment of the domestic terrorism threat. They're talking about you. The assessment concluded that domestic violent extremists who are undertaking violent acts pose an elevated threat to the homeland. Folks, they are talking about you. You, MAGA terrorists, this is you. Tell me again how we can deal with this FBI in a constitutional republic. They're looking at you. Here, this is perfect. Here is a line. It's later, they talk about multiple factors in this leading to the FBI to investigate you guys, you MAGA terrorists out there. I want you to listen to their third factor and tell me again how they're not looking for a pretext just to investigate you in search of a crime. They note that in their intelligence collections and link analysis of suspected terrorists, the FBI, that they're looking at family and friends of suspects and at the networks that are not necessarily the result of organized groups. 
Hmm. Joe, that sounds like to me it could be political groups you're yeah. a part of. A key part of the post-January 6th investigative activities has been to look at these associates and listen, listen to this, and to follow the threads of family and friend connections, particularly on social media, <laughs> to scout for links and co-conspirators as the FBI seeks to stop future terrorism. You communicating with your friends on Facebook? You all belong to a pro-Trump group down here in Florida or in Texas somewhere? You're next. You're next. And they admit it. They're not even hiding it anymore. You are next. Let me take a break, and I want to get to how they're exaggerating again the threat from the MAGA terrorist crowd in order to use taxpayer money to fund the FBI to go after you. Let me get to this first. If you own a business, it's been a bumpy ride. From the pandemic to inflation, I'm sure you could use a break. If your business has five or more employees and you manage to survive COVID, you could be eligible to receive a payroll tax rebate of up to $26,000 per employee. It's not a loan. There's no payback. It's a refund of your taxes. The challenge is getting your hands on it. How do you cut through the red tape and get your business the refund money? You go to GetRefunds.com. The team of tax attorneys, they put together a highly trained in this little-known payroll tax refund program, and they've already returned $1 billion to businesses they can help you to. They do all the work with no charge up front and simply share a percentage of the cash they get for you. Businesses of all types can qualify, including those who took PPP, nonprofits, even those that had increases in sales. To find out if your business qualifies, just go to GetRefunds.com, click on Qualify Me, and answer a few questions. This payroll tax refund is only available for a limited amount of time. Don't miss out. Go to GetRefunds.com. That's GetRefunds.com. Thanks, GetRefunds.com. We appreciate it. If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. It's so small, it can be stored anywhere, in a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. Comes in black and two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three to $400, depending on the finish. You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com survival. And while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers in the role made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals on a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. I want you to read this piece, too, in the newsletter. It t- these all tie in together. The FBI, the investigating Trump in search of a crime. The FBI turning that tactic now on you, investigating friends and family and social media connections. But they need a pretext to do it. And the pretext to do it is the, quote, crazy right-wing shooter myth. John Lott is a fantastic piece in Real Clear. Came out yesterday. Talks about how the left is just dying to pin any kind of incident involving a firearm and a mass shooting or an attack. They're dying to pin that on you. But it's not just because they want to make you look crazy. It's because they want this information to be used by the FBI to make it seem like you're the domestic violent extremist. Therefore, you require extra assets and investigation. He notes a pretty staggering number I hadn't heard before, though. That of the 82 mass public shootings from January of 1998 to May of 2021, 9% have known or alleged ties to white supremacists, neo-Nazis, or anti-immigrant views. But many of those, such as the Buffalo murderer, are environmentalist authoritarians. 
Another 9% are carried out by people of Middle Eastern origin, despite them making up only 0.4% of the U.S. population. Whites and Hispanics are underrepresented. Yet 71% of mass public shooters have no identifiable political views. Does that sound like to you that the MAGA terrorist threat is some big group of crazy white supremacist neo-Nazis patrolling the streets, shooting people up? You understand this is about building a story, not telling you the story. And that a story they're trying to tell you is going to be used to take your tax dollars to target you. Freedom isn't free, ladies and gentlemen. The country's not going to save itself. As I said before, ladies and gentlemen, the FBI needs to be disbanded. The next president of the United States, God willing, he's a Republican or even better, a conservative. That's what we really need. There has to be mass firings at the FBI if your allegiance is political and not to the Constitution. It appears that a lot of people had political allegiances, not constitutional ones. Their role in interfering in the 2020 election is now conclusive. We now know they met with social media companies on a weekly basis and tried to interfere in the election. Another staggering revelation came out yesterday by Matt Taibbi, the reporter who exposed the Twitter files. I'm going to get to that in a second. But Miranda Devine, who wrote the book Laptop from Hell, which we published, disclosure. Miranda Devine was on Tucker last night. She was talking about this really mysterious component of the Twitter files release. Did you all happen to notice that when these files about Twitter colluding with the Biden campaign to suppress the Hunter Biden story, did you all notice that there was shockingly almost no information about the FBI's role in this, which is weird because the FBI was meeting weekly with these social media companies. There was no communication about it at all. So Miranda had said a while ago, this is really confusing. It seems like someone at Twitter wanted all of this FBI email communication and all this other stuff to go away. Well, Miranda was right. Turns out the top attorney at Twitter was former FBI counsel, Jim Baker. Here's Tucker addressing this last night with Miranda Devine. You were the only person who said that, actually. It wasn't me, it was you. You were the first person who took a look at those documents and you said, someone has taken out the incriminating stuff. And I think you were the only the only person to catch that. So I just think you deserve credit for it. <laughs> Thanks. Well, so the FBI, we knew, had pre-bunked uh, to the social media uh, platforms our story. Before it came out, they told them to expect a... Uh, pile of Russian disinformation and Twitter was told by the FBI, we know from Yoel Roth, to expect that it uh, would be in October and would probably refer to Hunter Biden. So we knew that there had to be something about that at Twitter. And yet there wasn't in the Twitter files. And it was pretty obvious who was suppressing that information, who was the person with the biggest motive. It was Twitter's top lawyer, James Baker, who, as you just said, had been the top lawyer at the FBI, the quarterback of the uh, FBI-Russia collusion uh, right. scandal. <laughs> it's really, I'm, not, it's not, I'm just, it's almost hard to believe. The FBI lawyer who is knee deep in coordinating the spying operation against Donald Trump on the pretext that he was colluding with the Russians to steal the election based on a PP tape and other things. He winds up getting the job over as a general counsel over at Twitter. How is he not fired? 
I got a theory on that. I'm going to get to uh, in a second here, but I want you to I want you to understand who James Baker was. Here's this piece, uh, Hans Maki at Epic Times, who's great. He talks about uh, Baker's pivotal role in the 2016 election too, as the FBI's general counsel. It was in this role that he was only, he was responsible for reviewing the FISA warrants to spy on Trump. <laughs> He's also the guy who uh, communicated with his friend, Michael Sussman, the Clinton campaign lawyer, and delivered all this nonsense information to the FBI from Sussman. Folks, again, it's not a conspiracy theory. It's a conspiracy. There's no theory. This is all known stuff. Here's the open question I was talking about before. Before I get to Taibbi's tweet and the other, probably should have done it in a different order, but I wanted to get that out in advance. Miranda Devine called it. Somebody inside of Twitter is squashing the FBI connection. As I says a couple of days ago, as I says, had to grandma up in heaven. She says, as I says, what did I tell you a couple of days ago, Joe? The biggest part of this scandal is the First Amendment violation that the government via the FBI was crushing people's right to speak in social media platforms. That's the scandal. Right. It explains why Baker allegedly was making this stuff go away. Here's the big question, though. What was James Baker, FBI lawyer and former Twitter lawyer as of yesterday? What was his role, if any, in coordinating that letter by 51 intelligence officials implying that the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation? What was his role in that? I'd like to have that out under oath at a hearing, wouldn't you? I'll show you what happened in this tweet thread. And I got a question because was Elon setting Jim Baker up? A lot of speculation. Oh, Elon didn't know Jim Baker was. Oh, no, no, he knew. Jim Baker was an FBI guy. No, he knew. Show you what I mean in a second. Let me get to my next sponsor first. Uh, Folks, uh, Omaha Steaks, the holidays are here. I am a big fan of Omaha Steaks. It was a customer, a loyal customer way before they bought ads on our show. Love the food. It's delicious. Tastes great. Achieve gifting greatness when you give the gift of perfectly aged, tender, and delicious Omaha steaks. The steak experts at Omaha Steaks have put together special curated gift packages to help take the guesswork out of gifting and make you a holiday hero. Go to omahasteaks.com and take advantage of 50% off site-wide, plus use code BONGINO at checkout to get an additional $40 off your order. Send an assortment of mouthwatering favorites guaranteed to impress, like the legendary Butcher's Cut Filet Mignon, air-chilled boneless chicken that's really juicy. They're ultra, ultra, ultra juicy burgers and even easy-to-prepare comfort meals that are ready in a flash. Omaha Steaks is ready to ship your order right away, so shop early and beat the shipping rush. Go to omahasteaks.com, use promo code BONGINO at checkout. Omaha Steaks is a gift from the heart, a gift that'll be remembered with every unforgettable bite. Order with complete confidence today, knowing you're ordering the very best. Visit omahasteaks.com, get 50% off site-wide, plus use promo code BONGINO at checkout to get that extra $40 off your order. Minimum order may be required. Thanks, Omaha Steaks. Food is amazing. Check it out. You're going to love it. Gee raids my freezer for it all the time. 
With cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate megastores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Paid for by Electronic Payments Coalition. Okay, so here's what went down yesterday on Twitter. Matt Taibbi tweeted this out. He's like, listen, I'm going to add to my Twitter thread here. He tweeted out that James Baker was vetting the, uh, the, the bad James Baker, the lawyer at Twitter, the former FBI guy. There was a delay in a lot of these uh, Twitter files being released. And he says, now he can tell you the reason why. James Baker uh, was, was fired. And among the reasons, he was vetting the Twitter files without knowledge of new management. So now the question's obvious. Was James Baker, former FBI counsel, siloing off information from Elon and the management about the FBI's role in this? Why? Because of what I told you a few days ago. The biggest part of this scandal isn't that social media companies discriminate against conservatives. That's old news. Everybody knows that. It's, it sucks, but it's old news. The biggest part of the scandal is the government via the FBI may have been involved. Now, Elon Musk tweeted this out in, re in reply to Matt Taibbi. In light of concerns about Jim Baker's possible role in suppression of information important to the public dialogue, he was exited, Joe, from Twitter today. That is a uh, fancy way of saying he was canned, thrown out of his caboose, fired, which is probably a little late. But a lot of people said, my gosh, why was he still there? Yeah. How is it that a smart guy like Elon would let a guy so obviously corrupted by this FBI scandal stay there? And there's a part of me thinking that they may have been giving him a shot to set himself up so they had a reason to get rid of him. So if he decides to sue in court that the disclosures and the discovery stage in court, I maybe I don't think I'm overcomplicating this would look really bad for him. How do I know that Elon already knew who Jim Baker was and what his uh, history with the FBI was? I want you to pay close attention to this date, April 26, 2022. This is Mike Cernovich. Twitter lawyer Jim Baker, general counsel of the FBI, arranged a meeting between the FBI and Sussman. In this meeting, Sussman presented fabricated information in the Alpha Bank matter. Elon Musk, this is who is inside Twitter. He facilitated fraud. Look at Elon's response. Elon responds back on, the, uh, on, the, uh, on, on his own Twitter. Remember, keep in mind the date here. This is April 26th. Elon responds back. Sounds pretty bad. Was he setting him up? Again, was he allowing him to stay, understanding he was Elon, that is. He was going to disclose all this stuff. Figuring he was going to silo the FBI stuff away and try to hide it underneath the rug. Then knowing when they fired him, it would kind of preclude him from suing in court because the discovery would just be horrendous for Jim Baker. I don't know. I'm speculating, but sometimes I'm speculating based on a good amount of data, and I think the probability of something like that is probably pretty accurate.
Folks, the FBI's role in this mass censorship on social media is getting even uglier, by the way. Technofog, who's one of my favorite uh, commentators out there, he has a substack called The Reactionary. You should subscribe. It's worth your time. This came out yesterday. He has an exhaustive analysis. It's in my newsletter today if you want the link to it, too, about Elvis Chan. Elvis Chan is the FBI meetings guy. This is the guy up uh, right before the 2020 election, up until the 2020 election. This is the FBI supervisor in San Francisco who is marshalling this effort in these meetings with big tech to get stuff taken off of the platform. A complete, total violation of the First Amendment. He said some crazy stuff under oath that techno covers. Here's just one of them. He admits first, Elvis Chan, who, according to Post Millennial, by the way, appears to be a Democrat donor, that not only was he the guy meeting with big tech, dude, if this isn't a kick in the gonads, I don't know what is. He was also the supervisor for the infamous DNC hack that nobody can prove. Remember the Russians hacked the DNC? Hacked? No one could seem to prove that, which is kind of weird. Oh, he was the supervisor for that? Oh. Again, it's not a conspiracy theory. It is a conspiracy. But there's nothing theoretical. There's this Q&A right there under oath. I swear to tell the whole truth, nothing but the truth, so help me God. It gets better. He admits under oath that lawmakers in the House, specifically on House committees, the House Permanent uh, Select Committee on Intelligence, that they were exerting pressure on social media companies to take down accounts. Here's the, they, just, they just admit to it. He's asked this question, starting with the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence. What kind of pressure did they put on social media platforms? Uh, to, you know, engage more aggressively in account takedowns. Totally unconstitutional. Here's Elvis Chan's answer, FBI guy, meetings guy. They compelled, I don't know if they compelled, they requested, yes, yeah, so you see how he has to change his language, you catch up? They requested the CEOs for the companies that I mentioned uh, to testify in front of their committees. You see how he changes his language right away? Oh, uh, they didn't, they compelled. I mean, they didn't compel. Joe, they just winked and nodded and said, yeah, maybe you guys, if you don't do that, should come and testify in front of our committee. <laughs> Be a real shame if your place burned down. What are those? Notice the equivocation, by the way, on the mention of Hunter Biden, too. So Yoel Roth from Twitter gave a sworn statement to the FEC saying that uh, the FBI had mentioned Hunter Biden before the election in light of the hack and leak operations, which would mean that the FBI was involved in suppressing the Hunter Biden story, even though they had the laptop. Notice the equivocation, though, when Elvis Chan's asked about this. He's talking about Yoel Roth, the questioner. How would you interpret what Roth said when he learned that there were rumors that a hack and leak operation would involve Hunter Biden? What do you think he's referring to? Notice the equivocation by Chan, the FBI meetings guy. Yeah, in my estimation, we never discussed Hunter Biden specifically with Twitter. First, it's in his estimation. He doesn't say, no, I didn't mention Hunter Biden. It's in his estimation. And then he says, well, we never uh, uh, discussed Hunter Biden specifically. Oh, just generically? The scandal keeps getting worse, folks. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's a conspiracy. Oh, well, let me throw one more in there. So here, this broke yesterday over at Breitbart. So Fauci's daughter works over at Twitter, too. 
So we have FBI guy, James Baker, who's the counsel, Fauci's daughter, as the Biden administration is publicly admitting to demanding COVID information get taken down. She's working over there, too. We've got Elvis Chan meeting with uh, Twitter. We've got Elvis Chan admitting that House committees are compelling, I mean not compelling, pressuring, I mean not pressuring, just demanding uh, stuff be taken down. It's not a theory, guys. It's happening. All right, got a lot of other news to get to. Let me get to my next sponsor. I want to end with something uh, very interesting today. I told you yesterday I've become absolutely fascinated with this idea of are we living in a big simulation? Are we in a program? Don't laugh. Ladies and gentlemen, the evidence that we are living in some kind of matrix-like computer design program, I have to be candid with you, is almost overwhelming. I, I can't stop watching these videos. I've become obsessed with it over the last year. I'm going to talk about it on my Fox show, too. Let me get to this first. Uh, Liquid IV. This is my open bag of Liquid IV. Why? Because I keep it up. I got a gym downstairs where I get to work out. So I use these when I work out. Why? Because they taste great and they keep you hydrated. You know, uh, dehydration can lead to all kinds of negative outcomes. You've got to keep your body hydrated. A good portion of your body is water. Cooler weather makes it easy to miss the signs of dehydration, like overheating or perspiration, which means it's even more important to keep your body hydrated. This is Liquid IV. You rip one of these off. Uh, this is tangerine flavored. It's delicious. You, uh, you put it in a bottle of water, 16 ounces, shake it up. It has essential vitamins, B3, B5, B12, vitamin C, three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks. This stuff works. It fuels your well-being with easy, the easiest way to stay hydrated. Whether you're prepping for the day or taking a long-haul flight on vacation, honestly, folks, you got a bad hangover, didn't get a lot of sleep, Liquid IV is an essential addition to your routine. Post-workout, it will keep you super hydrated. Liquid IV is made with premium ingredients. It's non-GMO, free from gluten, dairy, and soy. Liquid IV is on a mission to change the world, too. To date, Liquid IV has donated over 25 million servings in 50 countries around the world. It's true. It's a good company. I was watching Fox one morning, and I saw, it was, uh, was it uh, uh, some kind of natural disaster, and there were boxes of Liquid IV going out. Grab your Liquid IV in bulk nationwide at Costco or get 20% off when you shop for better hydration at liquidiv.com. Use promo code Bongino at checkout, B-O-N-G-I-N-O. It makes a big difference in my life. Stay hydrated. Liquidiv.com. Take 20% off anything with code Bongino at liquidiv.com. Thanks, Liquid IV. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. All right, a couple quick news stories before I get to the simulation thing. I know it's kind of off the brand of the show from politics, whatever the hell brand, whatever it means, but I'm sorry. I find it fascinating, and I think you will too. A couple quick stories. So Elon has his chat bot. It's an AI chat bot. It's basically like talking to an, art, an, art, an artificial intelligence, uh, you know, an artificial being, and you just ask a question. Hey, how do I find a good local restaurant? Hey, can you write a poem for me? So the great part about this chat GPT 
is that it may completely destroy Google's uh, mono um, near monopoly on search. Daily Mail is a great piece up this Gmail creator. Gmail creator. I worked at Google. Predicts a total disruption for Google as this new chatbot challenges their monopoly. That would be awesome. One other quick story I saw yesterday in the Wall Street Journal I wanted to get to. This is kind of a old sticky notes. Remember sticky notes, Joe? Oh, yeah. That's, sticky notes. That's like, <laughs> the, gosh, that is like, what was the thing? Sticky notes. So yeah. you won't forget it or something like that. Do you remember that? Yeah. That you got to be a hardcore P1 to remember oh, that. Oh, yeah. But we used to throw in news stories at the end of the show because there's a lot to get to. And sometimes there's no like cute segue. So I just want to get to it. That same James Freeman article about Benny Thompson and the Capitol Committee, James Freeman does a mishmash of stories and his stuff. He notes at the end, hey, all you socialist medicine lovers, yeah, have you considered the fact that you can ration things like medicine in a doctor's time or you can price them? Because there's no third way. So because you hate capitalism, you know, can't price a doctor's time. Okay, so you're going to ration it. You're going to ration it by time. Because if you're not going to price it and allow people to pay for it, therefore the doctor has an incentive to see more people to get paid, then what's the doctor going to do? If he gets paid the same amount regardless of what he does, then he's going to do less. Not a reflection on him, it's a reflection on human nature. James Freeman notes that over in the UK, there's a report out about rationing of medicine, socialized medicine, by time. Five million patients were unable to book a general practitioner appointment when they tried to make one in October in the UK. Five million. Problems with access to family doctors will drive patients to accident and emergency care and exacerbate pressure on hospitals, campaigners said. Another two million people faced a wait of more than a month to see a do their doctor, the highest number since records began in 2017. And 4.3 million waited for more than a fortnight. Tie that back to the beginning of the show. It hasn't gotten bad enough yet. And as you vote in more Democrats and you vote in more socialized medicine, this is what you're going to get. You cannot escape it. This is what's going to happen. You are going to get longer lines and rationing by time. It is, a fa it is not disputable. I'm not negotiating it. I'm not interested in negotiating it. It is indisputable. One other story I'd like to read in the show notes. There's a huge case happening in the Supreme Court right now. It's based on a redistricting case out of North Carolina. The long and short of it is this. The Constitution gives House and Senate elections, federal elections. It turns it over the role of state legislator. The Democrats don't want that. In this Supreme Court case, the Democrats want everything in the courts so they can do what they did in the 2020 election. Courts can overturn voter ID. Courts can overturn redistricting. Courts can overturn what date ballots can be accepted. Remember that in Pennsylvania? That's what the Democrats want. If we lose this case, this North Carolina case, and the Supreme Court redefines a state legislature as courts and any other governing body, we're in a lot of trouble. I'll keep my eyes on this case because it is critically important. Okay. Are we living in a simulation? I'm obsessed with this idea. Why? Because I'm obsessed with quantum physics. It's a very complicated topic that civilians like me typically talk about when it's over their head. I'm admitting it's over my head, the specifics of it. However, the basics of it are not that complicated. Quantum physics is, is very simply stated. The observation of an event can change that event itself. 
I'll show you what I mean in a second. Well, how does that relate to are we living in a simulation? Folks, imagine for a second I'm, I'm correct. And so we're, and by the way, there's some very smart people out there who believe this is not only, like, uh, not only possible, but likely that we're living in a simulation. They've noticed this very odd phenomenon at the quantum level that the universe doesn't appear to exist in its real material form, using air quotes, unless you're looking at it. You're probably saying, that can't be true. Of course, I mean, the table downstairs in my garage, even though I'm not there, exists. Because I'm not there, does it make it not exist? Really? How do you know that? I want you to listen to this YouTube video. Well, what's it? You know the channel? I, this guy, I want to give him a hat tip. Um, what was the channel? It, we'll, we'll, we'll put a little uh, thing up for it. This is a really great YouTube video. A listener sent this in, a guy by the name of Bruce. It's amazing. There's this guy, and he did this 22-minute video on are we living in a simulation? Here's the portion that matters. He's talking about the famous double slit experiment where they shine light through two slits. And the weirdest thing is the light behaves differently as a wave or a particle completely dependent on if you're watching it. Listen to this. It's as if the particles are aware they're being observed. Then physicist John Wheeler had an idea. He called it the delayed choice experiment. How it works is photons are projected through the double slit, but the detector is not activated until after they pass through the slit, but before they impact the screen. Photons were emitted as waves, passed through the slits as waves, but when the waves were observed before hitting the screen, they suddenly behaved like particles again. Still don't think there's an intelligence at work? Well, what Wheeler's experiment showed is that even though the electrons started as waves but behaved like particles after being observed, at the moment the decision to observe them was made, the electrons recorded themselves as having passed through the slits as particles. The electrons change their state by going back in time. Back in time. I personally find that I gravitate more towards the information theoretic point of view and, and believing that uh, that I'm, I, the universe that I exist in is a very good, high-quality simulation. Folks, this, this, is, this is just staggering stuff. Again, I've become obsessed with this idea. By the way, that's the Y Files. Uh, that was a YouTube video. Uh, it's, it's really amazing. Think about that. Observing light as a particle is going to, it makes it easier uh, to observe the characteristics as a particle, right? A wave is a more kind of a general computational requirement. It doesn't have as much specific information as a particle. I get it to the physicists out there. You're probably laughing at my grade school level explanation, but I'm trying to keep it simple for everyone out there. Again, there's a great book on this by... I think it's Bob Lanza called Biocentrism. It's a fantastic book. I highly recommend it where he gets, his, he gets into the specifics. But I'll explain it easier this way. It's kind of a video game hypothesis. Imagine you're playing a first shooter perspective video game like Doom or whatever it may be. You're sitting there and in this video game is this enormous universe, right? You, you got Doom or Halo. You got this enormous universe out there programmed into it. But because a computer has limited computational powers, at any given time, you're only seeing what's straight ahead of you in the first-person shooter game. Because the computer doesn't have enough power to program all the details about the building, and it doesn't need to. 
You're shooting the aliens in front of you. Who cares about it's in a building all the way back there? It's only, it, it, you know, the pixelization is small. That's the point of that double slit experiment. This wave function is like a general thing, like it keeps the information general. But the minute you turn an observation point on to watch the light in a wave, it turns into a particle. And not only does it turn into a particle, even if it originated as a wave before the double slit, it reverse engineers itself in time, once it sees you're watching, back into a particle. That is bananas. Which begs the question, how the hell does it know we're watching it? Folks, it's real. You could dispute it, but it, this is real. Even light from millions of light years ago, when you shine it through that double split, as double slit, and it originates as a wave, the minute that light sees that you're watching it, it changes back into a particle all the way back to millions of years ago. It's almost as if there was a grand designer who designed a computer program. And when you watch the computer program, they'll give you only the information you need at any specific point, but they won't give you anything else. Now, for those of you out there saying, well, Dan, you sound like uh, an atheist. Oh, you're far from the truth. I am an avid and vocal believer in my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Maybe he's the grand designer. The end of that video, he addresses this, by the way. There's not necessarily any conflict with religion. But folks, I got to tell you, the evidence we're living in is simulations everywhere. One more quick piece. Light speed. Light speed. It's the fastest we can go is the speed of light, right? Is that part of the computer program to prevent us from going too deep into the video game because there's not enough computational power to show us everything out there if we decided to see it? Is that why light speed puts a limit on how far we can go? Watch a video. It's worth your time. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. I really appreciate it. Please check out my radio show later. And if you wouldn't mind, we moved up another spot uh, on the pod track monthly November charts. That is exclusively thanks to you. Thanks to you. So thank you very much. Pod track has, has us at number nine now in the entire country. We moved up one spot. That is exclusively due to you subscribing to the show. It is free. It costs you nothing. If you would go to Apple, Spotify, and Rumble, rumble.com slash Bongino, and click that subscribe or follow button, it is absolutely free. We would deeply appreciate it. And please spread the word. Thanks so much for tuning in. Again, see you on the radio show later. You just heard Dan Bongino.